So we're going to have a slideshow real quick. It's about three and a half to four minutes long. Um, and just some pictures of things we did in Philadelphia. Um, and after that, I'll have all the students um, and the Struthers come up to the front. And we will tell you all individually kind of what happened from our viewpoints. And it's going to be really good. Going into Philadelphia, um, what I was expecting is to see, just praying for, see a lot of growth in the youth um, and for God to really move in their lives. And just throughout the course of the week, um, by Thursday, it was really evident that that was the case. Um, And there's a lot of unity within the youth group that happened. um, And I was really pleased um, and really thankful that God answered that prayer. Um, And I think that right now we're on a super spiritual high and praying that we can continue on that and build on that. So I know y'all really don't want to hear from me too much. Y'all want to hear from them. So uh, we'll just go in the order that we're standing. So Chloe will go first. Um, One of the days we were there, we went to like a rec center and played, or we taught some kids in the neighborhood how to play kickball. And after we had played for a few hours, everyone left. And our group, it was me and Joseph and James in a group, and the rest of the kids from other churches and our church planner. Um, we were praying afterwards about how the day had gone and pray, praying for the next day. And one of the little boys that was there playing kickball with us had come back while we were praying. And when we were done, he asked who we were talking to. And we explained, you know, who Jesus was. And then we were talking to him for a long time because he was um, Jehovah's Witness and he didn't believe in what we were talking about. And he was young. How old do you think he was? Like About eight. About eight. So, yeah, he was young. And um, so we sat down and talked to him a while about Jesus and getting saved. And then we asked if he wanted to get saved, and um, we prayed with him. And whether that, like, whether he still believes in Jesus or not, or, like, what we actually did, if that impacted him or not, I'm not sure. But it was a really neat experience. Honestly, when I went to Philadelphia, I was expecting more city um, to see. Uh, but honestly, it's kind of like home. Um, but in our community, we always show love to everyone, just giving, reaching out a hand for whenever anyone needs us. But there, uh, you could tell that those kids weren't used to seeing people who actually cared for them. I know some of the kids came hungry and we gave snacks out and had to tell them a lot about um, Jesus. And um, it was just a very impactful week um, to actually be in an environment where everyone is not treated like we are. Um, Um, so when I went to Philadelphia, I really wasn't expecting like, um, like a lot of city and it really wasn't a lot of city. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of city. And so one day we went to this rec center and there were all these kids there. I'm like, where's your parents? And like, um, they would drop them off for the day. And And I'm like, what? I was so confused. I didn't really understand like that kids would stay there like the whole day when their parents came to pick them up. Like, they would just stay there. So one day, um, we were at, we were cleaning up trash at this rec center, and we met this homeless man. And um, we were about to leave, and so 
um, one of the youth leaders, his name was Jeremy, um, he talked to him, and we actually saved that homeless man that day. It was really awesome to watch. Like uh, Lindsay said, you know, you expect the Philadelphia to be big. You expect it to be, you know, busy. And it was mainly a center, though. But uh, where I was, it was almost like a suburb. But uh, a lot of kids there lived in poverty. So when they got there, we, we gave them food and we gave them water. And they really enjoyed that. Uh, what I did in my group was I helped uh, run stations. We played sports with the kids in the afternoon. And in the morning, we painted and helped the community, like schools and rec centers. And, uh, you know, it's just, I had fun and all, but I think my favorite part was helping the kids. You know, I saw, saw smiles on their faces, and I really enjoyed that. And, you know, uh, got some chances to talk to a couple, you know. Hopefully we got to a few of them and, and made their days and hopefully uh, spread the word. And maybe they'll go to a church. Uh, the church we were with, I think, was called, uh, well, the church we stayed at was Riverside, so hopefully they'll go there. But I don't know the church that our church planner. Redemption City. Our uh, church planner, uh, one of the main guys running it, he went to Redemption City. So I hope they'll attend that church maybe. But, you know, I enjoyed it, uh, made a couple of friends, and maybe got to a couple of people. Well, going to Philadelphia was a pretty big change from here. I did not want to go at first. My favorite part was coming home, by all means. But... Um, Talking to these kids and families up there, it made me, it made me realize like not everywhere is the same place as here. Not everyone cares for you. Not everybody's going to say hey and speak to you on the street. But going to Philadelphia really changed my perspective about living in such a close community. It made me realize that people down here, they, they love you no matter what and they're going to care for you. And I don't know if we changed that many kids lives in Philadelphia, but this trip, it really changed me and my perspective perspective and I was really glad I ended up going. Thank you. Did I go? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Burke and Isabel and Lindsay's group and I was very thankful because um, we, well, we worked with a church planner. His name was Stephen and that was a really neat experience just to come alongside him and give him support. That was actually one of the things that we talked about some of the days is just that um, he has no one there to help him. And so everything that we did was really just giving him opportunity to uh, get to know more people in the community so that he can um, tell them about where his church is and get to know them. And so we were we were like his church family being there. So that was really neat to see. But what I'm saying, I was thankful I was with them, though, because... After we finished painting and cleaning, after lunch, we ran a sports camp. And I think one of the groups that I led was teaching layups. And I was like, Bert, do not leave me. <laughs> and then teaching soccer. I mean, they were they were phenomenal at it. And it was really neat to see them using all of their gifts and, and all of their patience and then just joy with the kids. The kids just love them. And we really didn't do anything, like, really big. We didn't have, like, big equipment or or anything like that. But it was just the time that um, that we spent with the kids that meant the most. And the area that we worked, um, I know they were kind of explaining, but we ha- you had to go through, like, the center, and it was near the art district. And the area 
um, is a really, really well-known area, and it's actually, Stephen said it was the third um, uh, poorest ghetto in the United States, and he didn't use that as like a derogatory term, but that was literally like where they worked, and um, I feel like it was a culture shock for our group to see just how these kids live, because it was homes around that their homes are like nothing like they have ever seen before, and um, and then and then they're right. I mean, their parents weren't around anywhere. It was just little kids, like four or five years old. I think our oldest one we had was ten, and they were just in this park rec center all day long with no one to care for them. So of course, anyone showing them any kind of attention, they're going to be all about it, and and um, and then. Just the state of that, it was just shocking, like, to see. And um, we also worked with a lot of Muslim kids. So a lot of different things our youth were exposed to. And they just continued just to shine and to bring joy to those kids. And um, I was very proud of them. Um, it was... I left Friday to fly back home to get um, our kids. They were in Tennessee, and um, I wasn't thinking about sharing the story. I haven't even got to talk to James about it, but just thinking about how much of encouragement we were to the pastor Stephen there and pointing, just really coming along beside him and helping him plant seeds in the community. I found myself Friday in an airport almost all day long with flights delayed and and just a lot of frustrating and like being waiting in lines trying to so I can make a connection flight and everyone was telling me just spend the night in Philly because you won't be able to get a hotel in Charlotte. I was like, no, I just need to go to Charlotte and I will figure it out from there. I will drive home. I'll do something. I just got to get my kids so they can be back here with us on Sunday. And um, I think I went through like five different people, and they're all making these notes on the standby ticket that she has been advised to stay here. And we're <laughs> like, yes, I, I'm just stubborn. I just, I just let me try. And so it, um, we ended up when we did land at Charlotte um, for the standby plane. I had 20 minutes to get to. We landed in A. All to get to. E in Charlotte, which I've never been to the airport, but it's a lot bigger, especially when you're running, like trying to get there. And so then I went to like the stand, like to the lady and I just gave her my standby thing and she scanned it and she's like, your name's not on here. It's like, oh, no. Okay. Um, and she's like, well, let me, let me type it in and see what comes up. And this is just to get onto standby list. This was not even like guarantee me a spot. And, and she, she typed in my last name and she's like, well, I see that you are actually in a preferred seating. Like, you're right up front. You have a seat. I was like, what? I was just wanting to cry. I was just thinking, like, God loves me so much. And I was just feeling great about it. And then I got on the plane. We're sitting there. And um, right before the door closed, this lady comes and sits down beside me. And I'm just beaming. You can wipe the smile off of my face. It doesn't matter how late I want to get to Chattanooga, but I want to get there and get my kids. And that's all I care about. And, and she was like, oh, you must be going somewhere good. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go get my kids so I can drive them back home and, and tell her that. And, um, and she was like, well, mine isn't that happy. And she was about my mom's age, and I really started looking at her then. And, um, and so we were set on the airplane 
a full hour before we left to go on the flight. And that full hour, she tells me her story of her son that's 34 years old, my age, was doing missionary work in Dallas, Texas. He's been there on a missionary trip. And he, last year, sold everything. He lives in Virginia, sold everything. He's single. And just so he can dedicate himself to running this inner-city sports camp. Like I've been doing a sports camp in Dallas, Texas. He mainly targets the Hispanic community. Um, and she had just talked to him on Monday. The Tuesday morning, he was out jogging and had a heart attack and a stroke. And he didn't have any ID on him. So she had just found out that he had been on life support since Tuesday in Dallas, Texas. And she's flying back to have to make a really hard decision that no mom should ever have to make. And I was just, God, this is why I'm here. Like, to sit with this lady. It wasn't because you love me so much to go with my kids. I'm here for her. And so... I just held her hand and cried with her and hugged her and just let her sleep. She slept after we got on there and just tried to treat her. If she's not a family member, this lady loves the Lord. She has another missionary son in Africa that was flying back in. She was so afraid even to turn off her cell phone for the airport just because she didn't want to get any more bad news. And, and so that's why I was there, just to... Again, just come alongside another family member and encourage them and just to be there for them. Not to preach at them, but just to show them love like anyone would want their mom to be treated. And um, I was thankful that I was able to sit by her and and hold her hand for a little while. And that's what, what we did. Um, So as you can see, um, I feel like a lot happened in their lives. Um, I, like she said, I hadn't heard that story before, so I was tearing up back there like I'm a sap. Um, but uh, one thing going into it, I think I kind of knew what the kids were going into going from Bertie County to Philadelphia. Um, I've been in bigger cities, and I don't think most of them have, and... Uh, they told us when we got there that the population of Philadelphia metro area is 6 million. The population of the state of North Carolina is 9. Um, but I think they were amazed to see just how big it really was. Um, and it was amazing to see just, I guess, their horizons broadened. Um, and to see people, you know, don't, don't live like you everywhere. Um, and to get the opportunity just to just to sow those seeds of the gospel. Um, that's what I kept telling our guys, that you're, you're sowing seeds. Um, a lot of these kids have never heard what you're talking about, and they face things at home that you can't imagine. And you're just sowing the seeds of the gospel and letting the Holy Spirit do the work. Um, so uh, with that, uh, Bobby and his family... They were with a, another group, um, and the, uh, the original plan was for them to switch from group to group to group, um, but they really connected 
to the church planner. Each of us, each team was working with church planners, which that's what made this whole thing unique, was you weren't working with an individual church or an individual ministry. You were working with a group that was starting a church. And the city of Philadelphia, um, religion largely is dead there because they've been taken so much advantage of um, and just talking to church planners that they don't they don't trust churches they don't trust people that claim to be Christians um, for that reason and we got the opportunity just to kind of share God's love with them and expect nothing at all in return and that was really what the church planners stressed that they wanted just you don't want anything in return that you just want to just invest into them um, but Bobby uh, the team they first started working out with uh, they really connected to the church planner there, and I'm sure you're going to hear all about that. Um, and I think we got Elijah coming up to talk first. Um, so. Well, the first day that we get there, um, I'm talking to this girl, and um, as as we're playing nine square um, with her, um, I actually got the chance to lead her to Christ, and then we give we give her um, a Bible. We're pulling out, and as we pull out, we see her on her porch in the chair reading her Bible. So it was kind of neat to see how um, how people would really get um, in, like involved with everything. It was kind of neat. Um, I did get picked on a lot that I was assured. So we did have a, a guy in our team, not in our team, but in our group, big group, that was, anybody know how tall Lawrence was? Six, six? Where's a size 15 shoe? Only 18 years old. So we had a lot of fun with that. And um, anyways, uh, we had a great week. Um, I was praying our boys through and our family through, leading up to it, wondering how they would adjust and if they would just stand beside us the whole time. And of course, they did the first 30 minutes. And then after that, we had to find them. We had to keep finding them um, as they were serving joyfully. And it blessed my heart. Um, and so we had a great week. We served a lot of kids um, doing a camp every morning. We cleaned up a widow's yard in the afternoon. Um, and we cleaned up a couple a yard after that the rest of the week of a family who um, just needed to be blessed and brought the gospel through the church plant that we were ministering with. Um, and so just pray for those things where we did plant seeds, that you guys can be a part of that where we plant a seeds that they will be flourished and become great fruit for these church planters and be a blessing to them also. Um, I enjoyed, of course, serving alongside my handsome. We had a lot of fun together, but we also had a lot of um, times where we just sat back and just went, oh, how blessed we are to be able to serve with our hands and our feet um, and go and share the gospel with others. Um, James and Carrie rocked it with the unity and with our trip into Philadelphia. We got to see a lot of things. Um, the Liberty Bell was on our list up high, and we were excited to see just something like that. And um, we got in and out of the city safely and enjoyed it. And we are blessed to have a bus that's comfortable for an eight-hour trip. So thank you guys who did that. Um, as you saw us sleeping, we did enjoy it. It was nice to not be crammed into a van, but to have a bus that we could um, relax it on the way home. So thank you guys, and please just continue to pray for the seeds that we planted. Oh, James and I can drive that bus like it's a compact car. And so uh, we got it going on now. Um, there was a 
a lot of really, really, really neat things uh, leading up to the mission trip. I was really uh, pleased with our service last Sunday uh, and everyone coming together in prayer for our students. And uh, as we were leaving uh, for Philadelphia, it seemed like uh, there was a handful of you guys who uh, kind of wished that you were uh, able to go on the trip also. And so uh, early this morning, I sweet-talked our director of missions and to extend in a deadline for a New York mission trip. And so if any of you are interested in going uh, on a, a trip uh, to New York, not New York City, uh, but there's a handful of church plants that are in New York State, uh, and the trip is August 14th to August 19th, if you're interested. Uh, sometimes you think, I don't know, do these people really need our help and whatnot? But uh, Jesse mentioned that we... Uh, cleaned a person's yard. You guys seen that Husqvarna commercial where they roll up the garage doors. There's a guy on a Husqvarna lawnmower and it's an absolute wreck his yard is. There's briars everywhere. And then, you know, it's a commercial. So five seconds later, it looks like, uh, <laughs> it looks like Scotch Hall preserve in his front yard. And it's a, it's a, for a lawnmower. Well, there's the, the person that we served was in information technology. He had a real good, well-paying, uh, computer job. Uh, he and his wife, great marriage. They adopted, they were a white family. They adopted four black children and uh, the children were, uh, they're all teenagers now. And so they're getting jobs of their own. Well, after he adopted these children, his wife's health just tanked uh, and it went downhill and now she's fully disabled. And so naturally their yard and housework type things kind of fell by the wayside because now dad has to operate a business from home and keep up with everybody. You can just imagine how difficult that makes life at this point. Uh, and if it was anywhere in Windsor, your neighbor would have just cut your grass because he realized you were in over your head. But that sort of thing doesn't happen there. Um, it's not really a city of brotherly love. And the whole Northeast, no offense if you're from there, uh, is nothing like it is here. Southern hospitality isn't, uh, isn't as, as rampant as it is. I'm not saying that there's not pockets of people showing love to each other, but the areas where we were serving and where church planters were serving... Uh, is an area where when you do nice things for other people wanting nothing in return, it speaks volumes to them. And so there's a lot of churches that, that do need people to come in, show others the love of Christ, and then point them in that general direction of the church planner so that the gospel can get going. Um, there's a lot of a lot of need up there. There's a lot of people that uh, have zero religious preference. Uh, the, the kids were handing out flyers in this uh, complex, and uh, there's people being mean to them. There's, there's a person with a, a, a Jesus fish on fire with the word Satan in the middle of it. Just all sorts of really bizarre. It's, it's, it's not like it is here. And you know that. And I think that there's a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Northeast that are trying to reach what they call pockets of lostness. And they need our help to show love to their communities. And so if you're interested in, in going on any sort of mission trip, there's one available uh, in August. I'd encourage you to uh, reach out and go. The cost is uh, is very, very reasonable. It's a very affordable trip. And uh, just want to say thanks to all of our students who gave up a week out of their summer. You did a great job, James and Carrie. Uh, great job also. And I just want to tell you all thanks for your love and support uh, in all the things that you do uh, to allow all of us to do the things that we do. Uh, we love you and treasure you. And I hope that, uh, you know, we'll be a church that uh, that lives out Matthew 28, the Great Commission, that will continually go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and one of the ways that we can do that is by coming alongside people who are already living in other areas, helping them serve. And so, gang, uh, we as a, as a youth group and pastors, pastors, families, we love you guys. 
Uh, we thank you for all that you're doing, and I pray that uh, the Lord will move some of you maybe to, uh, to go on this trip uh, that's taking place at the end of the summer. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to close us in prayer, and then uh, we'll have our hymn of invitation. Uh, and just while we have our hymn of invitation, uh, if you're here and you've never experienced the love of Christ, uh, we would love to share more about him with you. Uh, and if you're here and you're just excited about some of the things that the kids are doing, uh, just kind of pray in your heart that God would continue to build a spirit of service in our hearts and that we would be a group of people who are always uh, putting others before ourselves. Uh, so let me pray and then we'll sing together. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the gospel. Lord, we thank you uh, that you put it in the hearts of everyone who went on this trip to go and serve and to treat others as you would treat them. Father, I thank you for the growth that took place. Father, I thank you that uh, we were indeed able to have a safe trip there and back. And Father, I pray that you would uh, continue to work in our hearts uh, to serve those uh, who don't have a good of a chance uh, as we do to hear the good news of the gospel. Lord, help our lives to be always about serving. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our... Uh... Our uh, hymn of invitation is hymn number 575, Eternal Father Strong to Save. 575, please stand. I've got uh, two things for you before we wrap up and go home. Uh, one is that if you're interested in the mission trip that I spoke of, I've got a handful of flyers that I'll put right here on this front table. You're welcome to take them. I will need to know within the next week if you're interested, though. And also, a little bit of bad news. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard yet, but uh, last night at 9 p.m., uh, Mrs. Louise Pierce, who's the sister of Grover Edwards' wife, Marjorie Edwards, and she passed away at 9 o'clock last night. And they're going to be making some arrangements uh, today. And so by 4 or 5 p.m., the family should know more uh, if you need to know any details. Um, We do know that the funeral is going to be Tuesday at 2 p.m., I believe, out at the Winterville Church. I don't know exactly the name of the church. I'm sure those of you who are close to them know more information than that. And then after the close of that 2 p.m. service, there's going to be a graveside service here in the Edgewood Cemetery. And so just so you all know that, you may want to give her a call. Uh, or reach out to her. I know that she, uh, she being uh, Marjorie, uh, has very high regards for all of you guys during Grover's uh, interim time here as the pastor. So just wanted you all to know, to know about that. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Jack Powell if you would close us in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed.